0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh,
1: oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts.
0: Tax day is coming. Oh, no.
1: Let's face it, in our busy lives, we don't eat enough fruits and vegetables. In fact, according to the CDC, only 1 in 10 Americans are eating the recommended daily amount of fruits and vegetables each day, missing out on essential vitamins, minerals, fibers, and antioxidants. And that's where balance in nature comes in. Balance in nature sources only the best produce, Free from pesticides, heavy metals, and harmful bacteria. And Balance in Nature is the best fruit and vegetable product on the market. They use only fresh whole fruits and vegetables inside each capsule. They don't use any GMOs, fillers, binding agents, or preservatives of any kind. You're getting real food, real science, real nutrition. I would never endorse a product that I don't use myself. And since using Balance in Nature, I feel more alert. I have more energy. My focus is sharper and I feel great. Live life to the fullest and choose balance of nature. And guess what? PAS Report listeners can get 35% off the first preferred order. Start getting the recommended daily amount of fruits and vegetables you need by using code PAS at balanceofnature.com.
0: Welcome to the P.A.S. Report Weekly Roundup Podcast. The P.A.S. Report provides an honest analysis on the critical issues that matter to you without the biased media filters. Here's your host, Professor Nicholas Giordano. What's
1: up, everyone? Welcome to the P.A.S. Report Podcast. This is your host, Nick Giordano. A lot to unpack in this episode because when you look around you, many of you are wondering, what the hell is going on? How did we get to this point? It is insane. You have government officials thinking they can do whatever the hell they want. Without consequence, they've disregarded the Constitution, bypassed legislative bodies, implemented decree after decree. Then you have a whole bunch of ordinary Americans who essentially are advocating for tyranny. They don't care how powerful the government gets. Even worse is the rhetoric and how they demonize the other half of the country. They openly call for the destruction of anyone who disagrees with them. They want Anyone who dissents to be ostracized and thoroughly destroyed. They use words like purge and reeducate and deprogram. It's short sightedness and blind to the realities of where this leads us. But it's not just the leftists that advocate authoritarianism. We have a whole bunch of people that are also in a state of denial. They they've chosen this idea of being neutral. You have an advocacy news media that continues to fan the flames encouraging this behavior. The once watchers of government power and abuse now openly advocate for government to usurp more power and authority. They run interference for the government and cover up the government's abuses and corruption. Unfortunately, the media and the political class have become one in the same. As I stated on Monday's episode, we now reject basic truths. The new doctrine of the anointed ones is that everyone has a right to their own truths. Of course, it's only if your truth is aligned with their narratives. If not, then you're not entitled to your truth. You'll be labeled a conspiracy theorist, a heretic, a domestic terrorist. And in this episode, I'm going to explore the insanity that's going on. I'm going to explain how these people's ideas are thoroughly insane. I'll talk about how many in America are now openly promoting the idea of tyranny. How if they get their way, it only leads down one path, and that's the path of destruction. But they're not going to get their way. Before I jump in, make sure you visit the PAS Report website, pasreport.com, sign up for the newsletter, and follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Now, when it comes to Americans, I'm constantly hearing them say that tyranny would never happen in America. That We are in a state of crisis, so it's okay that the government's doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Government has to maintain order. They have to keep people safe. Sadly, these people are devoid of any type of history. They fail to realize that authoritarianism usually comes in during a crisis as people are dumb enough to empower the government, and they only look at the short term. There are so many things that have happened over the last several years that I thought would never happen in the United States. I never thought I'd see the things I'm seeing today. And I'm someone that teaches this stuff. I'm someone that studied American government extensively. I've studied world politics. I've studied world history. And I, myself, was naive to think that we would never see tyranny here in America. But now I'm not so sure. I've been wrong. It really is astonishing. And I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. I never thought that government would decide what businesses were essential and which ones weren't which fundamentally altered our economy, destroyed livelihoods with absolutely zero regard for people. Of course, the big retail corporations, they were allowed to remain open. Small businesses, they went by the wayside. And according to a Federal Reserve report, they estimate that nearly 200,000 more small businesses permanently closed their doors than ordinary pre-pandemic levels. This report was from April, so it doesn't even include most of 2021. And we know that there are a hell of a lot of businesses still struggling and on the ropes. In fact, some of these businesses are saying it's worse now with the vaccine passports than it's ever been. When we look at businesses deemed essential versus those that aren't deemed essential, there was a major underlying impact that most idiots, most of these authoritarians that were advocating for these lockdowns never considered, including ordinary people. And it's because their lives didn't get Impacted. They didn't lose their jobs. They still got a paycheck. And I'm going to get into that later. It wasn't only about what was deemed essential versus what was not. It was also the government decreeing when you could leave your home, what you must wear when you leave your home, where you could go. They tried to dictate who you could have in your home and who you can't have in your home, whether your medical procedure is deemed elective or whether it's not, when, where, and how you could practice your religious faith, when schools would be open, when students have to attend remotely. If that's not authoritarianism, then what is? I want someone on the left to explain that to me. I want people that actually support all these decrees that we've seen to explain to me what is authoritarianism if that's not it. I asked several weeks ago, for all those that advocate for the dictatorial policies, for all those advocating for some form of tyranny, when would you consider the government taking it too far? When would you say that the government is crossing a line? When would you say enough is enough? And of course, these idiots, they never answer the question. Instead, they're going to bloviate. They're going to scream. It's about saving lives. It's about protecting people. And I want to use a reference from Thomas Sowell because he's a genius. Uh, The Anointed Ones. I like that word, the Anointed Ones. These people have a belief that they are morally superior and are on the great ideological crusade of the 21st century. Now, if you haven't read Thomas Sowell's Division of the Anointed, I suggest you do. It's a fantastic book, and it predicted a lot of what we're witnessing today. It was published in 1996, but it has such relevancy today. Thomas Sowell lays out key elements of the anointed ones. One of these key characteristics is that they make, quote, grand assertions of danger to the whole of society, end quote. This danger can only be thwarted by the anointed ones, of course, because the peasant class well, they're oblivious and they're simply too dumb to do what's right. The anointed ones, they deem it an urgent need for action to avert impending catastrophe. The anointed ones deem that only the government, only the government, as long as it's run by them, understand, as long as it's run, by those who themselves are anointed, like Lord Fauci, who is the embodiment of science. Only he can curtail the dangerous behavior of the peasant class. I mean, here is Lord Fauci talking about whether or not we could celebrate Christmas. Take a listen.
0: We can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell? You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell. We've okay. just got to concentrating on continuing to get those numbers down and not try yeah. to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. Now, Lord Fauci's
1: trying to backtrack, saying his words were misconstrued, but you heard his words. It's too soon to tell if we could celebrate Christmas. That's what he said. It's not what Nick Giordano said. That's what he said. But I hate to break it to Lord Fauci or any other of the anointed ones. If they think Americans are going to ask permission to celebrate Christmas with family and friends, they got another thing coming to them. I mean, nobody listens to you anymore, Lord Fauci. And getting back to Thomas Sowell's anointed ones, any arguments contrary to the anointed one's moral and intellectual superiority are are met with disdain. The anointed ones deem anyone who counters their arguments as uninformed, irresponsible, motivated by nefarious intent. See, do all these key elements sound familiar to you? It's not just with the coronavirus, but other issues as well. I'm going to get into that in a little bit. But I want to start with the coronavirus because I feel like it's worse now The government officials, the bureaucrats, the ordinary Americans are actually worse now than they were just a year ago. It's not like the virus is worse now. The situation has actually dramatically improved. I'm talking about the anointed ones, the anointed ones, government officials, the president himself. They are the ones that have actually gotten worse. Just remember what our dear leader has said. Our patience is wearing thin. It's stunning how much has actually changed over the last year. Let's take a look at the healthcare workers. One year ago, these people were heroes. We celebrated them. They worked long hours, dealt with enormous challenges, and they put others before they themselves. Now, with all the vaccine mandates, those same heroes are being tossed aside. They're villains today. They're losing their jobs because they're making a choice not to get the COVID vaccine. It doesn't matter if they have natural immunity. It doesn't matter that they worked all last year without the vaccine. They're going to lose their jobs because they won't obey and comply. They are expendable and they must be made an example of what makes me really angry is not only are they demonized, but the anointed ones have deemed them enemies of the state calling for the destruction of their livelihoods. Not only are they being terminated, the powers that be also deem those who dare to defy the state. Don't you dare defy the state because you are not going to be eligible for unemployment insurance. No matter how many other people take advantage of unemployment insurance, no matter how many people are collecting social welfare benefits that are scamming the system, if you defy the state, we will make sure you're not allowed to collect any of these benefits. Now, how does this make sense to anyone out there? Even worse is how there's so many people that are actually gleeful that livelihoods have been destroyed. It's their fault, they say. So many say that these people actually deserve it. The heroes, the people that we called heroes, you know, people had the little lawn signs up. Thanks to our healthcare workers. We appreciate you. The same people that had their lawn signs up saying they appreciated healthcare workers are now saying these same healthcare workers deserve to lose their livelihoods. You have to be a pretty demented person to find joy in the fact that someone lost their livelihood in this. And this policy doesn't make any sense. Let's be honest. It's not like there's some study that shows unvaccinated nurses and doctors are transmitting the virus to patients or between each other. There's no study that shows that. This isn't about science. Even more bizarre is if that if you're vaccinated, and this is according to the CDC numbers, if you are vaccinated, you have an eight times less likelihood to be infected with the coronavirus and a 10 times less likely to experience hospitalization. And so when you check out the actual numbers, CDC numbers, You have, if you're vaccinated, you have a 0.00005% chance of being hospitalized and a 0.00001% chance of dying from the coronavirus. then you look at masks. So not only do you have little chance of being hospitalized and dying from the coronavirus, but these people swear by mask wearing and shame anyone who even questions the idea of masks, which don't work. So even though the overwhelming majority of healthcare workers are vaccinated and... Even though all the healthcare workers, regardless vaccination status or not, are wearing masks because it's healthcare institutions, so usually they wear a mask on top of it, why the hell are they firing all unvaccinated healthcare workers? Well it's because that's what the anointed ones decree. They say it's to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated, but I just showed using the CDC's own data that there is virtually no threat posed to those who are vaccinated. Virtually none. Got a better chance of freaking choking on food, drowning in a pool, slipping and falling, snapping your neck. But you don't defy the state. That's why the only answer is that the anointed ones, they're so petty, they're so petty that they're going to attempt to destroy anyone who doesn't bow down to their authoritarian decrees. This is insane. This is not the America I know. And we could actually take it a step further. We are told that we are in the midst of this great pandemic, right? Great pandemic. That the policies developed are intended to save lives. But now, since healthcare workers have been laid off, the already short-staffed healthcare facilities, now they're facing an even bigger crunch. Now they're even more short-staffed. In fact, the shortage has gotten so bad that some operating rooms and maternity wards have had to be closed in healthcare facilities. So it's obviously not about saving lives. These shortages are almost certainly going to result in unnecessary deaths. That's what it's going to do. Yet guess who will never bring this up? Guess who will never bring this up? The propaganda pushers out there. They're never going to talk about this in the media outlets. And just look at my pathetic state of New York. We traded away one dictator for another. We now have Empress Hokel, who on September 27th, as healthcare workers were getting their pink slips, she issued an emergency declaration due to the healthcare shortage that these idiots created. And of course, she doesn't state that in her emergency declaration. She should have to state it. She should have had to write in, because of my really stupid decision, that's why I have to issue this emergency declaration. That's what should be done. She'll never do that, because these people, the anointed ones, will lie at any and all costs. New York State is now looking to mobilize the National Guard, who, by the way, does not have to be vaccinated for like another two months, I think their vaccination mandate actually kicks in, but doesn't have to be vaccinated right away. They're calling on retired health care workers to fill the void. So the National Guard, retired health care workers, and then we're going to import from other states' health care workers that are vaccinated or maybe unvaccinated because it's not clear, it's not specified in this, doesn't say that those that come from other states have to actually be vaccinated vaccinated. So I want you to actually think about this a minute. We're willing to destroy people's lives. We're willing to destroy their livelihood. Nurses and doctors that put their lives on the line. We're willing to destroy their families, to replace them with people who may or may not be vaccinated, with people who are in retirement, financially secure in their retirement, or to import them from other states. This is demonic. Not only did the Empress screw healthcare workers, take a listen to what else she had to say.
0: The vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. Oh, boy. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But, you know, there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles.
1: Did you hear that? God has commanded people to get vaccinated. Those who aren't getting vaccinated are listening to the devil. They're not listening to God. They're listening to Satan. So the vaccinated have to serve as her apostles, her apostles, and do her bidding. Now, I don't know what God she's referring to. I mean, this was a man-made virus developed in the Wuhan laboratory, and the vaccinations are also man-made, but I'm not sure what God she's referring to. Maybe she's referring to Lord Fauci. Maybe that's who she's referring to. Maybe that's her God. But even more interesting is when she said the vaccinated are the smart ones. What she's really saying is that the peasant class, those who refuse to get vaccinated, they're not sophisticated enough. They're not smart enough to make their own decisions. And so they must be pressured. They must be coerced. They must be forced to obey to the commands of the anointed ones. These people are demented again. I'll say it over and over again. And it's funny because they always talk about Trump supporters being cult-like, even though there are huge differences between Trump supporters and why people supported President Trump. Yet, them calling the vaccinated to serve as apostles, well, that's not cult-like, of course. Putting Lord Fauci on the pedestal, canonizing him into sainthood, making religious candles with Fauci's picture on it, putting up yard signs that say, in Fauci we trust, that's not cultish at all that's perfectly normal. You always see the clear projection of these idiots. And I wonder if they ever look in the mirror and, and they know actually how dumb they really are. I really wonder that. But it's not just healthcare workers we're witnessing this with. We're, we're witnessing it in law enforcement, uh, fire departments, teachers, whole host of professions out there. See, it's a zero tolerance approach. The anointed ones don't want to persuade you They want to pressure and coerce you. They want to place you under duress. They want to socially isolate you until they force you to comply. They want to economically break people until they have no choice but to capitulate to their demands. Because in the words of Joe Biden, our patience is wearing thin. What makes it even worse, though, is how many ordinary Americans not only agree, but actually cheer this stuff on. They don't realize how this is going to come back to haunt them if it continues down this path. They don't realize that what the government does today is only going to be taken even further tomorrow. They scream, follow the science. You have to follow the science. But I always tell you, the only science you could follow when it comes to the anointed ones is their science. Anyone who dares to push back against them, anyone who promotes any science that goes against these losers, narrow-minded points of view, are deemed science deniers. Now, I have an entire binder of studies showing that masks are completely ineffective, that they don't work. I did a whole episode on it. These studies are prior to the coronavirus and before masks were politicized, and they were done throughout the coronavirus. Yet it doesn't matter. These are all fake science. It doesn't matter that these are professionals. They label people anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers, hoping to brand that person with a scarlet letter, shame them into science. And the studies that I'm talking about, they're deemed heresy by the anointed ones. Even though these studies were conducted by scientists who come from well-respected institutions and have published tons of peer-reviewed papers, it doesn't matter. None of it matters because the anointed ones have deemed it so. Yet, we are one of the few countries that mandated mass for those between the ages of 3 to 12. Why? Why? No one's ever explained that. No one's ever explained that. There was never any science behind it. In fact, Sweden didn't implement restrictions really at all. and They weathered COVID better than most other countries that instituted draconian decrees. Instead, we move further towards tyranny, and so do a lot of other countries. You now have other countries like Norway and Denmark. They're declaring an end to all COVID restrictions because they've learned, they've realized, we're going to have to live with COVID, and the restrictions are actually having a worse impact. The anointed ones from their ivory towers, they can't understand that not everyone can be able to work from home and still collect a paycheck. Not everyone could zoom it in. The anointed ones, they don't care that people may not come from a safe home. See, they never took into consideration that there's children out there that face abuse by those closest to them. And all these lockdowns did was to trap those victims with their abusers on a 24-7 basis with no outlets, no escapes. They never once took that into consideration. They never considered the impact these restrictions would have on children, on teens, on young adults. But we know that depression and anxiety has skyrocketed amongst these categories. We know that isolation kills. We're not meant to be isolated. Denointed ones don't care, though. See, it's all about you. You have to abide by restrictions. They didn't really change their lives all that much. And it shows that they didn't care because they don't even bring up the suicide rate anymore. They don't talk about the 13% increase in attempted suicides that we've seen. They never considered the impact these restrictions would have on ordinary Americans. And they still reject the science. You have morons accusing parents of wanting to kill their own children and other children because their parents are concerned about giving their kids the vaccine. You have to be a deranged, demented person to even consider that. Every parent has an absolute right, right to question giving the vaccine to their children. I'm not saying that people shouldn't take the vaccine. If you're in a high-risk category, I encourage you to get the vaccine. If you're 65 or above, I encourage it. If you have comorbidities, I encourage it. But we're talking about healthy children, where the potential for a severe COVID case is extremely limited. So you're going to pump them up with a vaccination without knowing what the long-term effects are, and you're going to give them the same dosage that you give to a 300-pound, 45-year-old man? I have every right to ask that damn question because my job is to protect my kids. And I'd rather my kids take the chance with COVID than to give them something that I'm not sure about. And you notice when cases are rising, they're out there screaming, oh, 10% surge in cases, 40% surge in cases, segment after segment, all the propaganda news outlets. But when cases crater like they have, like they have fallen 40% in Florida and a lot of other states, then they ignore that. See, the anointed ones, they push fear when they can, and the lemmings, they're just dumb enough to accept the tyranny that's being presented before them. As I said before, if you're vaccinated, you have a minuscule risk of a breakthrough infection. If you get a breakthrough infection, your chances of hospitalization point zero, 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 five, percent. Your chances of death point zero, 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 one percent. So I need to ask all those who support this path towards tyranny, who call for these draconian decrees, who call for people to be punished because they won't obey and comply with these decrees. I want to know what the hell are you so afraid of that you're willing to give up this country's entire future? What are you so afraid of that you're actually getting joy at seeing other people get destroyed? What is it See, at least with the ruling class, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to keep their stranglehold on power. But what's your reason out there? And many people fail to realize the consequences of government actions. I warned last year about the dire consequences of these draconian decrees. I warned about the government overreach. More importantly, I warned about letting one sector, the public health sector, control the entire response to the pandemic without any input from other sectors. I warned about the unintended consequences. In an episode I released on March of 2020, so you're talking a year and a half ago, I talked about the coming economic storm. I talked about the economic devastation, and it's here. We're we're starting to now see it. See, when you have politicians, especially the dumb ones that we have, who think that they could simply rule by decree— They don't pay attention to the laws of unintended consequences. It was short-sightedness that led to the perfect economic storm that we're about to witness, especially when it comes to inflation and the supply chain shortage that we're seeing. Take the idea of deeming what businesses are essential and which ones aren't. From a public health perspective, things like making microchips or automotive parts, they may not seem essential. Look at where we are today. Understand that many industries produce goods and components a year in advance Based on their estimates. This is part of a reason we didn't have the shortage last year, because we already had these products going to market. We're now starting to see the shortage. We had enough supplies in inventory to keep things going, but as those supplies dwindled, industries that were deemed non essential weren't able to continue production to replenish the dwindling supplies. And the longer the lockdowns in certain areas and regions, the worse the disruptions became. So what may have seemed as non-essential during the pandemic has proven to be very essential now, but it's too late because you factor in the dumb economic stimulus policies and now many parts of the world are facing a labor shortage. So as the supplies continue to dwindle, companies don't have the personnel capacity to ramp up production to meet demand. It's why you're noticing empty store shelves everywhere. You're noticing increased wait times when it comes to the delivery of products. If you need to have your car repaired, good luck. Some parts, including mine, are backordered for months. We have labor shortages that are now affecting the entire supply chain industry, from the ports to bringing those goods to the store shelves. Take a look at what's going on in California, a state which had. Some of the most severe COVID restrictions at the port of Los Angeles and Long Beach. We currently have over 140 ships waiting to dock and unload. Most of these ships are cargo ships. Each cargo ship can hold thousands of containers, tens of thousands, uh, uh, filled with all these goods that are meant for the store shelves. They're now sitting and waiting to get into the port. Now, understand, it takes time that even once they do get into the port, you have to unload them, you have to warehouse the goods, then you have to truck them to wherever they got to go. According to the Marine Exchange of Southern California, the normal number of cargo ships at anchor waiting to get into port is usually between zero and one. As of October 1st of this year, that number is 61 at anchor and 29 at berth. And this problem is exacerbated because we don't have enough space in warehouses and the trucking shortage is really proven to be a problem. So when you're impacted by the supply chain disruptions and shortages and you start getting angry, remember, if you're the person that supported all these measures, you're at fault. You called for this. You advocated for this. So don't get mad at the store clerks. Don't get mad at the managers at the retail stores. Don't get mad at other people. You should be mad at yourself. It's also because we had these authoritarian dictators who think thought they could do whatever the hell they want. They took over response operations and they only listened to the public health sector, mainly Lord Fauci, and it was to our own detriment. Listen, the public health sector, yeah, they may be knowledgeable about epidemiology, virology, not so much though in logistics and supply chain continuity. And and that's the amazing thing. Then you have the unemployment situation getting worse because of all the remote BS that's going on. You, you have to understand that we gave extensive benefits. The Biden administration has dropped the standards when it comes to social welfare benefits, but you still have a lot of corporations that are still on the idea of working remotely. So we have these huge office buildings that remain empty, Nearby restaurants and delis are suffering because they're lacking business. They're not getting the lunch crowds. They're not getting the dinner crowds. You have dry cleaners suffering, and and you have a lot of other industries suffering as well. See, the morons never thought about the laws of unintended consequences, and those places with the draconian decrees are seeing the highest levels of unemployment. The major city centers are accounting 40% of all unemployment, and we need to recognize that this is not just—this tyrannical push that we're seeing is not just with the coronavirus. Look at what's going on throughout the education sector, particularly K-12 schools. You have parents that are finally waking up to what their children are being taught. For years, parents trusted our educational institutions. We believed that these institutions were operating in good faith, only to find out that many schools weren't educating children. Instead, they were indoctrinating them. You see this massive push for critical race theory, diversity, inclusion, and equity programs, or whatever they're trying to call it these days. And of course, those pushing this crap will say, if you speak out against it, you're a racist. you know, once again, the anointed ones, they love to label people. If you criticize CRT in any way, they're going to attack you. They'll say that you don't want history to be taught. Well, sorry, but trans story time has nothing to do with history. Teaching children that gender is a construct and it's fluid has nothing to do with history. Denying that there are two genders and that only women can give birth. You're denying the very basics of education and science. But remember, we got to follow the science. And it now goes to say that the anointed ones get to make the science up as they go along. It's okay to teach one segment of the population that they are inherently racist and the other segment of the population that they've been born a victim and will always be oppressed. That has nothing to do with history and it has nothing to do with science. In fact, it goes against the very essence of what actually America is supposed to be about, what we stand for. However, the anointed ones are mad now. They're mad. You've made them mad out there, and they're unhappy with all the parents from all over the country that have been standing up and speaking out. You're not allowed to speak. Who the hell do you think you are? You're not allowed to voice your opinion, and so some of these school boards have gone so far that they're silencing parents from school board meetings. They're putting up barriers to prevent parents from showing up, to prevent parents from speaking. It used to be that in certain places you had a right to speak for three to five minutes. Well, they now drop that down. Like Loudoun County, parents can only speak for 60 seconds. See, I'm a trained speaker, so I could actually get a lot in in 60 seconds if I need to. Most parents are not trained public speakers. They haven't been doing it. And so for them to get a message across in 67s is extraordinarily difficult. But the school boards know that, and they did it intentionally because they have no regard for those that are really supposed to control the system. They want the parents to shut up and go away. Just take a listen to the pathetic Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, who doesn't believe parents should be the primary stakeholder in their child's education. Take a listen to what he has to say.
0: Fairly quick answers here because I want to get to Secretary Becerra. Do you think parents should be in charge of their child's education as the primary stakeholder. I believe parents are important stakeholders, but I also believe primary educators have a role in determining uh, educational programming. And I think that's going to be a little out of focus, what I think you're going to find across all elements of education. Since they pay the bills, they raise the kids, they probably need to be the primary uh, spokespeople for their own kids' good education.
1: I really hate to break to this guy, but we parents, we actually get to have an enormous say in our children's education. And there's actually not a damn thing you could do about it. You could try and shut us up. You could try and silence us, but that's not going to work. When you go after our children, we're coming at 10 times harder. Okay, not for nothing, but I've been teaching for 15 years, every year. Students are coming in with less and less knowledge about American government and the world around them. So here's an idea. How's about we focus on actually teaching kids the basic, you know, things like the Declaration of Independence, the United States Constitution, that we have three branches of government, there's checks and balances, separation of powers. How's about we have students that should be well versed in these when they get to my course, but they're not? And even the students that have some knowledge, there are so many gaps in the knowledge that they do have. So how's about we get back to the basics, let us do our frigging jobs and actually teach students rather than let the anointed ones push an agenda to indoctrinate our kids. These far-left loons, so now we have far-left school boards that want the FBI to investigate what's going on at school board meetings, and they want to investigate it investigated as domestic terrorism. See, I warned everyone, and I'm not going to sit here and hold back. I warned everyone that this was coming down the pike. See, these anointed ones, they're so thin-skinned that they can't take parents shouting at them. Oh, the, the, these little snowflakes that exist. They don't like when parents are shouting at them because they're not doing their job. So now they want the FBI to come in and investigate. And I told you that this was going to happen when I spoke about the National Strategy for Countering Domestic Terrorism. I warned, this document is going to be used to target political opponents. I warned about that. You now have the National Association representing school boards classifying ordinary parents as angry mobs. As angry mobs. But it goes much further than that. It goes much further than that. It's because we dissent. That's why they're doing it. They're doing it because we dare to challenge the ruling class who has been able to do whatever the heck it wanted to do over the course of the last several decades. But now they're being challenged and they don't like that challenge. I explained how this document is going to be used against us. And here we are just a few months later, the Attorney General of the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, has now issued a memo calling on the FBI to work with local law enforcement and school boards for any parent that tries to, quote, threaten violence or intimidate school boards. Listen, conservatives actually use common sense, and everyone should use common sense. Anyone threatening violence is a moron and deserves to be prosecuted. I'm not going to sit here and defend idiots, even if they ideologically are aligned with my beliefs that threaten violence. If you threaten violence, you're an idiot. Shouting at school board members, though, is not an angry mob, and the anointed ones need to get a little bit of a thicker skin, because the far left shouts at everyone who they disagree with. They don't even let people speak on college campuses if they have a dissenting opinion. They want to label everyone racist, misogynist, Islamophobic, a member of the KKK, if they disagree with them. Truly stunning. If parents are angry at what their children are being indoctrinated with and they yell or shout at school board members, that's their right. They have every right to do it. They actually pay for that. It's called taxes. Get into that in a minute too. However, now you have the Department of Justice saying that if you yell or shout at a school board members, that has the potential to be enough to label you as a domestic terrorist. Because under the national strategy, and once again, I I warned about the craftiness of this document. I warned about the the vagueness that they were using in their words. According to the national strategy, anything that could lead to incitement can be considered domestic terrorism. And if you read this Department of Justice memo, I have it up at pasreport.com. Check out the show notes. You'll find it there. Yelling and shouting can now be considered a form of intimidation. And, of course, you have the sheep that will validate everything the government's doing. You have propaganda media outlets doing the government's bidding. Newsday actually did a hit piece on the loud majority. They're trying to discredit the loud majority. In this article, they talk about the Southern Poverty Law Center classifying the loud majority as a hate group. And I knew this was going to happen because I actually brought up the Southern Poverty Law Center, a horrible, horrible organization that exists, tries to destroy lives. I actually brought them up. They are the ones that tried to label Ayan Hersi Ali as an Islamophobe, uh, as an anti-Muslim extremist. She actually sued and won. But I warned about the Southern Poverty Law Center when I spoke about the National Strategy for Countering Domestic Terrorism, because in that strategy, it directly talks about, quote, maximizing the federal government's understanding of this particular threat means supporting and making appropriate use of analysis performed by entities outside the government, end quote. And I said the Southern Poverty Law Center is going to be used that they're going to be the ones to determine that the Southern Poverty Law Center is going to become the government's eyes and ears. I've had on the founders of the loud majority. I'm friends with Sean Farish and Kevin Smith and Heather. I've had them on a bunch of times. They're good people. And they've been able to organize and mobilize people in a way I haven't seen in a long time. People who feel their voices aren't being heard. People who feel ignored and marginalized. I've spoken at their events. I've hung out with them. Never once in all the times I engaged with the loud majority in all the times I spoke with Kevin and Heather and Sean, every time, never once did they ever express a single ounce of hate for any person or any group. Never once did they ever utter an expression of any type of racist sentiment in any way. These are good people, and it's disgusting how there are some who want to slander them because they want to try and shut down parents voicing their opposition to indoctrinating their children. And I hope the loud majority takes on the Southern Poverty Law Center, sues them for slander and libel, and anyone that starts trying to tear down ordinary Americans like this deserves to be sued for slander and libel. When it comes to the rhetoric out there, it's hitting dangerous levels. And those in power are are routinely using the phrase domestic enemies and domestic terrorists when they refer to their political opponents. We've heard the anointed ones, like I said before, use words like purging, deprogramming, re-educate. Talking about ordinary Americans who simply disagree with their vision. And when you think about where we are, it is really concerning how the anointed ones and their supporters classify anyone who promotes the Constitution, anyone who promotes the idea of love of country and American values, anyone who appreciates the American flag and promotes the idea of patriotism. You know, I I sit here and I wonder to myself, when did supporting and promoting the Constitution become a far right belief? When did promoting American values become a far right idea? when did promoting things like patriotism become this fringe right-wing concept? Like, I don't understand. These are actually normal things because the truth, yes, truth, whether you reject it or accept it doesn't matter. Truth is truth. These aren't far right beliefs. In fact, these beliefs should be above our partisan political beliefs. Should go above the idea of how we identify ourselves as Republicans and Democrats. In fact, these beliefs should be the common linkage between Republicans and Democrats. While we may disagree on the solutions to the problems we face... We should all agree that these are important principles, but sadly, these principles are now being demonized for political gain, advancing tyranny within the system. That's why they're being demonized. Our constitution, our system has enough safeguards the founding fathers put in, but in order to get rid of those safeguards, you have to demonize these documents. You have to demonize what the founding fathers did. You have to demonize the country. And at the same time, they're going to eat their own when necessary. I mean, just look at the uh, $3.5 trillion disaster, the the stimulus package. They call it an infrastructure bill. It's nothing more than a socialist with, wish list that gives government greater control of our lives. But just think to yourself, I mean, if government provides you with nearly every need, are you really a free person? Are you ever going to bite that, hands that the hand that feeds you? And the logic they use should immediately raise suspicion to everyone out there when it comes to this $3.5 trillion spending monstrosity. Consider when they say that all these new programs, universal daycare, universal community college, universal elderly care, dental, vision, the new talking point that they're using is that these programs will cost the taxpayers $0. $0. Now, if you believe that, you're a moron. Show me one government program that it was ever budget neutral. Show me one government program that actually didn't cost the taxpayer, all taxpayers, not just the wealthy. Show me one government program that actually came in under budget or actually hit the spending target. Show me one. Because you're not going to be able to find it. I can't think of a single government program that actually costed less than was initially estimated. We have politicians pushing this idea that we could spend as much money as we want without consequence. Once again, remember, these people are clueless to the laws of unintended consequences. They think that the federal government has this unlimited money supply and can spend it at will. Just take a listen to the House Budget Chairman, John Yarmouth. Take a listen to him.
0: The number itself is meaningless. i mean I, I read joe manchin 's statement i 've listened to him. He has no understanding of how the uh, the, the federal government uh, monetary system works when he when he compared it yesterday to his household income that has no relevance to what we can do it 's not a question of what we can afford the The federal government can afford anything that it feels it needs to do, and right now that 's what we ought to be focused on so um, You know, that's kind of the position I took in the budget committee. That's the position I will take going forward. Uh, The shame is that we have an opposition party, the Republican Party, who doesn't think the federal government has any obligation to do anything about providing child care, early childhood education, paid family and medical leave, any of the things that are in the Build Back Better Act. If they're not going to recognize that these are national responsibilities, then we have to act alone, and it puts us in this very, very convoluted process called reconciliation right. that uh, has used has basically opened itself up to all these uh, this brinkmanship.
1: Now, notice how he tries to blame Republicans when it's actually the Democrats on their own side. OK, they want some Republican support so that when this whole thing hits the fan, when the whole House of Cards collapses because of all this spending, they want to be able to say, well, their political opponents supported it, too, so punish them as well. Also notice how they turn on each other. I mean, Senator Joe Manchin and Senator Kristin Sinema are being savaged. Savage by the far left in their own party. But the most important thing that this idiot said was when he said the federal government can afford anything, which simply isn't true. I mean, if, if he actually believes that the federal government can afford anything, this is the budget chairman? He should be removed immediately. We have a nearly $30 trillion debt. We're paying nearly 600 500 or $600 billion a year just on interest on that debt. And soon, the interest is going to cost more than the entire defense budget. Soon, it's going to cost the interest. The interest alone to service our debt is going to cost more than every social program we have. Now, in your minds, how long do you think that's sustainable? How long? You can't possibly have everything, and there are always strings attached. Nothing in life is simple or easy. If it was, it would have been done already. So be skeptical when the government's talking like this. And if I use this congressperson's own logic, the dumb logic that he uses, if the federal government can afford everything, why don't we just give every American a million dollars? Why don't we cancel out all mortgage and credit card debt? I mean, if the federal government can afford anything without consequence, why are we even paying taxes? But it's not about that we could afford everything. It's about giving the government power and control. That's what it comes down to. You could clearly see what's happening. It's a full-throated effort to continue down the path of authoritarianism. And it seems that so many people within the United States today are okay with this tyranny, as long as those in power ideologically align with their viewpoints. Then they're okay with tyranny. Some people should actually listen to themselves. They should actually record themselves and then listen to themselves. And they'll realize that they're openly advocating for authoritarian rule. It's frightening, but maybe that will wake them up. Then you have the idea of Americans talking about secession and that we should divide the country up. You have 52% of Trump supporters and 41% of Biden supporters that want a secession. They want this divorce. And what the hell is wrong with everyone? And that includes you, Trump supporters out there, 52% supporting this. Just because things get hard, just because things are difficult and they're not going your way, it doesn't mean that you just give up and surrender. That You don't do that. And that's exactly what you're advocating for when you say that, yeah, we should secede. Our founders built this country for a reason. This country is founded on the idea that all Americans can think differently, that we could all express our opinion. And we have to fight in the marketplace of ideas to persuade other people. That's what this country was founded on. You don't like what's going on, then do more to stop it. Go into communities that have been ignored by the Republicans. Go into communities. Educate those that come from fatherless homes. Educate them on the importance of America. Enough with just the talking and complaining. Understand, the reason you have this full-throated effort towards tyranny is because the left is losing. It's why they're resorting to these tactics. It's why they need to start labeling people as domestic enemies and domestic terrorists. These authoritarians have taken off their masks. They've revealed who they really are, the anointed ones. They're intentionally playing off the divisions. They want to see this happen. And calling for secession plays right into their hands. Entertaining ideas like this are idiotic. The idea of a civil war is idiotic. We have to show how we intend to solve the problems. You want to win people over, show them. Show them how we're going to restore American greatness. Show the American people that the decrees, the authoritarian decrees, have actually hurt them, not helped them. Show the American people that we are not going to be subjected to the decrees of failed bureaucrats. I get the frustration out there. I understand that. We're mad. We're angry. I get it. But we have to start coming up with solutions and understand that we're winning. It's why we all need to speak out. Enough with this being afraid. It's time to show courage and provide solutions. Enough with the surrender. We can do it if we just put the effort in. We could tackle the problems. We could win people over. We could change this country and change it for the better. Restore the principles that made this country great in the first place, that led to the rise of us becoming the sole superpower of the world, the beacon of hope and freedom throughout the world. We can have that back. It's not gone. It's not lost. We as people just have to do more and we have to do it in a smart way. That's critical. Going out there and making idiotic comments on social media isn't going to work. Going out there, engaging in acts of violence isn't going to work. That's exactly what they want to do. They are baiting people. Understand, they are baiting people to do something so that justifies them using this idea of domestic terrorists and domestic enemies. It will validate the anointed ones, fear of the people, So be smart out there. With that being said, make sure you give the PAS Report a five-star rating. Make sure you write a review in the iTunes podcast section or any other podcast platform that allows reviews. Also, share this episode with your family and friends, other influences out there. Always helps out the PAS Report podcast. I want to thank you for joining me. I want you to stay safe, and I'll be back next week with a fantastic guest for Monday's episode.
0: Thank you for listening to the PAS Report Weekly Roundup Podcast. Have a good one.
1: Bye.
0: Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. Also, visit PASReport.com and follow us on Twitter at PASReport. Oh, 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 right.